When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy. Yeah, so we've had, we must have a ladybug farm or something around here. I just saw a black dot on our white wall back there and I'm like, is that a spider? Because immediately I'm like, is that a spider? No, so the other day I was working back. This was end of last week. And uh, a ladybug landed on the desk back here. Nice. And I just said, oh, hi, ladybug. And I just let it be. So I went and it just stayed there. So I came into work the next day and it was still there. Mm. I said, maybe it's sleeping. Oh, Mm, could be. And then the (laughs) weekend came around. Was it on the farm? And I came back into work yesterday morning, Monday morning, and the ladybug was still there. It passed in its sleep. So I guess it's dead. But what I love is that of all the people who have worked back here, they all have left the ladybug alone and just let it stay there until I until you disposed, disposed of, it. of it yesterday. I'm not shocked. Yeah. So that may be the reincarnation. Either that or reincarnation. like a family member or something. <laughs> God, I forget we're on the radio and people are listening to this nonsense. Nobody cares. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, we have a lot to get you caught up on this morning. Uh, Billie Eilish making headlines, talking about uh, how she feels about Drake singing about her boobs. How would you feel about someone? How would you feel about Drake singing about your boobs? Hey, I'd be all right with it. Why not? Also, what does Jason Alex- Alexander know about the Seinfeld reunion? We'll get to both those stories here in a minute. But first, let's begin this hour Z News with Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift. Why yes. do I have such an issue with her last name? I know, Brittany Mahomes. Brittany Mahomes. Brittany Mahomes. Well, it was a matter of time. You know that people have just been digging through her social media, looking to find something, anything that could mess her up with good old Taylor Swift. And is, how do those people make their living? Is that they make their living that way? Are I they reporters? Are they journalists? Are they just people who do it on the side? I don't know, but I bet that it has taken this long for someone to go through all of her tweets to find something negative about well, Taylor Swift. Don't you feel like places like TMZ, People, etc. probably do employ Hire people, people to sure. get... Yeah, so that way they can get stories like this. Yes. So... It happened in 2012. She was 17 years old. Oh, 17. Yep. Brittany tweeted this to Taylor. I want to know when you're going to find something different to write about besides boys and relationships. The following year, she posted an angry face emoji along with the phrase, Taylor Swift winning everything. 
Britney has apparently deleted the tweets, but screenshots are circulating all over the place and Swifties are not happy. I wonder if I wonder if she remembered that she did that or if she's got somebody working for her to go through. I wonder if she you know, oh, yeah. somebody said, hey, go through all my old tweets. See if I said anything about Taylor and if I did delete it. Oh, you're probably right. Now that I'm in the squad, I need you to do some work. Yeah. I'm going back on all my old tweets. Are you? <laughs> yeah. I think I have seven. Seven tweets? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I didn't do it. Do you say Twitter. X's now? Because it's on X. Oh. It's formerly Twitter. <clears throat> yeah. But so do you still call them tweets? You go back on all your I old do. X's. Oh, well, here's one from August of 2016. Oh, it's a retweet of Kara Sewell when we did the uh, Germania Society. Uh, oh, together. That was a million years ago. I don't think I wrote any mean stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 2016. No, that was nice. Never mind. That was Valentine's Day post. Yeah. Uh, oh, booing Dalton. A sad turn. Agreed. Keep a classy Cincinnati. And I linked it to something there. Huh. Andy Dalton must have had a bad day. That was in July of 2015. Wow. Well, that was your last tweet. What's your last one? I'm trying. I'm trying to go back. Oh no, 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 no. These are like early tweets. I'm, I'm going back in time here. I'm trying to dig up some dirt. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Strangely, I'm craving bread and milk. That was December 6th, 2013. We must have had a snowstorm coming in. Wow. I don't think I've ever done my own tweet. Hmm. I don't even know. Yeah. You no, know, you just like retweet and stuff. I know. I think I set up a Twitter because they told me I had to, and then I just never did anything with it. Wow. Here's a tweet from October of 2009. On my way to Fountain Square to celebrate Skyline Chili's 60th birthday. Oh, wow. Come join me for 60 Cent Coney's beginning at 1130. That was when you did remotes. I love that. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Remember that? I do. Uh, here, September 2009. Hanging at the Righteous Room with good friends tonight. Wow. <laughs> I was probably there, right? That was back when I used to tell everybody everything I was doing and then, on social media. And then you stopped. Yeah, March 2009. Traffic is backed up past Red Bank. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I really haven't done much since uh, 2014. Wow. Yeah, it's been a bit. Mine was four days ago. Yeah, Tim, you're a little more active on the... Yeah. It's the way I keep track of what I did. So when someone goes, hey, well, wh whose house did you go to for Thanksgiving last year? What are we doing this year? <laughs> oh, we were at your family, so we're going to our family this year. That's nice. That's also like why people put stuff up on Facebook, too, so they can look and see. Uh, December 2008, sitting at Beachmont Ford, waiting for them to finish putting on the new rims. Thank heaven for iPhones, laptops, and wireless technology. Look at you. Was that when you had your crown Vic? That holds true to today. Right. <laughs> God. All right. But yeah. Yeah, I can't find anything mean, though. Just dumb, irrelevant stuff no one cares about. <laughs> so we'll take a quick break on that note, and when we come back, we'll talk about stuff that, uh, you know, the dessert stuff. Yeah. Right. You know, there's dinner and there's dessert. Right. E! News is dessert. Yeah. Got it. Jason Alexander talking about the Seinfeld reunion and Billie Eilish talking about her boobs all straight ahead. This is the Jeff and Jen Morning Show on Q102.
always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group, schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Can a Seinfeld revival or reunion exist without Elaine Kramer and George? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Because Jason Alexander is the latest, latest to comment on Jerry Seinfeld's announcement last month about something happening. He said, good for Jerry. He said, I don't know anything about it. Nobody called me. Apparently, they don't need George and they may not need Elaine because Julia and I went, do you know anything about this? Hmm. I just talked to Michael the other day and I don't think he knew anything about it. So it looks like either Jason is trying to keep a secret, Jerry is prematurely teasing something, or the rest of the cast really isn't needed. Wow. So I hope that, you know, Jerry's just prematurely teasing something. Right. Because if they do it, they have to have it. You can't do it without, and you need everybody. You can't do it with just one. Right. You got to have Or everybody. two. You got to have all four. Yeah. Uh, people thought it was weird and disrespectful that a song on Drake's new album contains a reference to Billie Eilish's large chest. The track is called Another Late Night. And it's actually Lil Yachty who says, quote, she had big boobs like Billie Eilish, but she couldn't sing. Okay. <laughs> well, Billie's fans may not have liked it, but evidently Billie does. Mm. She says, hey, I think it's fun. I'm, I'm flattered. Yachty's my friend. Drake is my friend. It's a joke. And I do have big boobs. I love it. <laughs> it wasn't a lie. That being said... Billy also points out the difference in the way men's and women's bodies are scrutinized. Uh, she made the point. She said, nobody ever says a thing about men's bodies. If you're muscular, cool. If you're not, cool. If you're real thin, cool. If you have a dad bod, cool. If you're pudgy, love it. Everybody's happy with it. You know why? Because girls are nice. <laughs> they don't give an F. Yeah. Because we see people for who they are. I'd say that's pretty true most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they would be like if she wrote a song and was commenting about somebody's dad bod. Oh, yeah. People would be all over They would over, be upset think? or if they would just be like, yeah, whatever. Right. Well, yeah, it depends on the context, I guess. Is mm -hmm. she body shaming the bod dad or? or is she just mentioning it that they have one? Yeah. All right, so when Anne Hathaway started out in showbiz, she was just a child. And somebody told her early on that her career would, quote, fall off a cliff when she turned 35. And at the time, that was probably pretty true. Uh, but Anne just turned 41 on Sunday and things are still working out for her. She said the thing that ev that has evolved during that time is that more women are having careers deeper into their lives, which I think is fantastic. She said, obviously, it doesn't mean we should have a ticker tape parade. Someone said this to me the other day. There's so much to be proud of, and there's so much to fix. Hmm. Have you guys seen any of the, the Linklater uh, trilogy movies 
with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. Nope. Mm-mm. So it's it's these three romantic movies that they made. First one was in, uh, oh gosh. Is it old? Well, I have to go backwards here because they made three movies nine years apart from each other. So, yeah, I mean, I want to say like the first one was in the late 90s and then they made another one in 2003. Right, yeah. So, yeah, 1994. They made the first one before before Sunset in 1994. And I'm guessing these actors were, I mean, they were portraying like early 20-somethings that were traveling Europe and met and spent a day together getting into this like really deep conversation and forming this connection. Mm-hmm. And then nine years later... Uh, they meet again, this time in Paris. Okay. And again, it's it's about an hour and a half. It's mostly in real time of their conversation and how their lives have changed and evolved. He's now married. He's got a kid. He's still living in the States. And, you know, she's in the working world and uh-huh. she got her degree. And then the third one, uh, they're now together with twins. This was, again, nine years later. Okay. They're living in Europe. They're living in Paris. They're on vacation in Greece. He's uh-huh. got a, He's still got his son who's living in the States. But, you know, to the point of, like, how your career evolves, it was really kind of neat seeing these characters mm-hmm. evolve because the actors have evolved. And the actors had a lot of input into the scripts. In fact, they co-wrote the second and third movies. Oh, wow. Because they were so intimately connected to the characters. And so a lot of that is seeing their bodies change and their viability uh-huh. change sort of in a way like in, in, from the perspective of their careers. Yeah. And all of those things, you know, all those insecurities that we battle as we get older and all those struggles that we have and, you know, staying ahead and staying relevant. And, mm-hmm. You know, questioning who we are and What's all it of called it. again? Yeah. So the first movie is Before Sunset. The second one is before midnight and i think maybe the next one is before sunrise and they are all star ethan hawk and julie delpy and uh, they're just really really good i mean they're fun mm-hmm. and richard linklater is the uh like the the director slash producer slash writer who came up with them and I don't know, it's just really neat. Like, I love the fact that they made that first movie with no intention. They didn't go into it with the intention of making three. They just right. made that one. Mm-hmm. And nobody, and, and it did well. It was critically acclaimed. Didn't make a ton of movie. They shot this thing, like, for two million bucks or something yeah. like that. So it wasn't like anybody was banging on their door to make the second one. But it was just something that nine years later, the the two actors yeah. and Richard Linkletter said, we Let's should do, do this something. again, right? And That'd they enjoyed working with each other. That yeah. was the other thing. That helps. And I think the other the thing that was significant about the second one is it was shot around the time that Ethan Hawke was going through his divorce with Uma Thurman. Oh, okay. So there were a lot of things that he related to within his character because he was going through a struggle with his wife in America. Okay. While he was in Europe on a book tour, and that's when he runs into her again. Gotcha. And so they're reassessing their lives in these nine-year increments. Gotcha. Cool. I'm sorry for going off on that tangent. <laughs> it's very loosely related to what you were talking about. But but it reminded you. It reminded me, and it was fresh in my mind. There you go. So I thought I'd share. Yeah. By the way, BuzzFeed put together a list of costumes that actors have worn in movies or TV shows that were uncomfortable, painful, or damaging. Uh-oh. 
Seinfeld's the puffy shirt. <laughs> that was probably very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Every time they talk Good about lists like this, I always think about the Scarlett Johansson talking about how she had to be sewn into that Black Widow outfit. Ooh, yeah. Do you remember that? Like oh, she yeah. literally every day had to have, I don't know if it's on the list. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it is. Her I, Black Widow costume in the Avengers was like a wetsuit. She got yeah. so hot filming a rooftop fighting scene that she actually started hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> Um, I was thinking of Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer's not on the list, but it was oh. being shown into that Catwoman suit. Yeah. And I forget which Batman it was. but mm-hmm. One of the not good ones. Some of the other highlights, Ryan Reynolds wore a, a motion capture suit for Green Lantern that he describes as the most heat-conducting substance known to man. <laughs> that can't be good. I wonder what he had on underneath. Yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey, he said his makeup for How the Grinch Stole Christmas was like being buried alive. Ooh, and it took eight and a half hours. Oh, God, could you imagine? Uh, Kit Harrington. The fur coats he wore as Jon Snow on Game of Thrones weighed a ton. Oh, God, they look like they did. And they smelled awful. I Ew. Bet. I bet. He looked beautiful in them, though. He did. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan, she got a corset-related injury from her outfits on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, yeah. Some of her ribs. Wow. Some of her ribs became fused together, and she can no longer take deep breaths. That's awful. That is awful. Actor Val Kilmer, speaking of Batman, his bat suit in Batman Forever was so restrictive that people had to help him sit and stand, and he couldn't hear uh, through the cowl. Oh, my God. What about people that have to wear, like, armor? You know, those, like, night movies? Right. They have on all the armor. I can't imagine that being very comfortable. Oh, I, I read and a heavy. story. I mean, we're going back a bit here, but I read a story about the original Wizard of Oz that was filmed in 1939. Mm-hmm. And the actor who played the Tin Man, I guess, they they basically, you know, painted him this silver. Like, yeah, he had some metal on him, but in order to make his face and other extremities, I guess, there was paint involved. And he went into some kind of toxic shock or something yeah. from having that stuff. I saw the scarecrow guy, too, the guy that had the scarecrow. I thought he was, like, allergic to the makeup or something. Like, they said that it was horrible Oh, it might him. have been. And then Emma Stone for The Favorite. She had to wear a corset. Yeah, and, those things uh, look like just torture devices. She said she wasn't able to breathe, and her organs temporarily shifted after a month. I bet. Ugh. I bet. That was awful. Thank God we're not in that stage anymore. No kidding. Man. Like, you watch that, and you figure, well, yeah, she's wearing a corset, but, like, you know, did they... Pull it tight. Did they, did they pull it as tight as they would in real life? I just can't imagine sitting down in one of those. It's like, you know, standing up, uncomfortable enough. But sitting, of course. Oh, Lift with your legs. Yep. <laughs> For sure. It's very straight. Uh, well, that Beatles song, whether you liked it or not, it is on the Billboard Hot 100. Wow. So the Beatles are on the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time since 1996. Now and then debuted at number seven. We've had a handful of people request it again. It marks their 35th top 10, which is the most for any group. The Rolling Stones follow with 23. Then Chicago and the Supremes are tied for third with 20 each. Beatles also led with the most hot 100 hits overall for a group with 72. The Stones got 57, Beach Boys 55, The Temptations 53. That's a lot. And doesn't that say something (laughs) just about music? Because wow. all of these groups are so old. 
Yeah. <laughs> they also became the 13th act to have a top 10 hit in four decades, 60s, 70s, 90s, and 2020s. That's the only cool. other group to do that is Aerosmith. That's wow. pretty impressive. Wow. That is pretty cool. All right. Anything else on the E! News front? That's it. We'll leave it there for now. We got more for you coming up after 7 o'clock. In the meantime, straight ahead, we got three headlines for you. Two of those headlines are fake. One headline is real. If you can guess the real headline, we are going to set you up with a pair of tickets to see Alanis Morissette with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts and Morgan Wade. Uh, that's where Jen is going to be on Saturday, July 24th <laughs> yes. at Riverbend. Uh, I believe it. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast, brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy.